Hello and welcome to this edition of Spotlight with Sandhya. Our guest today is someone who brings cheer to countless Indians. He's got the spirit that keeps the party going after hours. Desmond Nazareth is a techie turned alcobab entrepreneur. His tequila-like drink Desmond G has found a spot for itself in the bars of all the cool nightclubs and the home bars of all the cool people. But he isn't stopping there. He's on a mission to make Mauva-based drink, the national drink of India. To find out more, let's hop across to Goa and have a chat with Desmond. Hi Desmond and welcome to the show. So let's tell our viewers a little bit about the beginning of Agave India. That's the name of your Alcobev startup, right Desmond? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the trade name. Just tell us this whole romantic, you know, uh, journey that you've had into entrepreneurship and especially the in the beverage space. I think that's beautiful. I remember you telling me something about a railway journey when you were a kid and you had seen these plants and then you realized that's the plant from which tequila is made. So let's hear it from your own words. Okay. So I came back to India in the year 2000 after living abroad for 18 years and was setting up a home bar in Bombay, partly to get my friends excited uh, about cocktails that I had played around with and learned how to bake when I was abroad. And I was, I was looking to stock my bar, I couldn't find agave spirits, namely the well-known Mexican tequila in Bombay stores at that time. So I was wondering why this one famous drink couldn't be found so easily in a metro metropolitan area like Bombay. I did some research on it and soon found out for the first time in my life how tequila was made and the plants it is made from. And I said, I've seen these plants growing up in India. And I, I traveled as a child with my father who was transferred here and there. He built radio stations around the country and we moved with him. And that's where my memories came from. But I first could not place them uh, in any geographical location. So I did some quick research and on about six parameters, starting with latitude, soil, temperature, rainfall, etc., I quickly located the likely location of these lands to the Deccan Plateau. And I stayed with that idea while I did research on agave and said, one day I'm going to go looking for these agave and if I find them, I'll start experimenting with agave spirit. And that's how it all started. It's only when I moved to Goa. So this was 2000. What I'm narrating is the short uh, version of a 20 year journey. In 2004, I moved to Goa from Bombay and uh, I found some people here with whom I could head off on an expedition to the Deccan. And we did that with the intention of not coming back until we found the plant. One of the people was a botanist uh, who said he could identify agave based on some parameters that I had collected. And uh, the other was a person who was interested in distilling and was involved in fanny making and so on. So he was quite excited that he just jumped on a pickup truck and left. And uh, unfortunately for the for the excitement of the trip, which I thought might be up to seven days, uh, we came back within 24 hours because we found agave just across the Western Ghats here. Oh, what wow. Talk about serendipity. <laughs> 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 the right species, the right maturity, all the stuff that I had researched suddenly came to life in front of us. And there are some early photographs of these these uh, three or four specimens that looked that were harvested that day and brought into Goa, which we told the border officials was really giant pineapples. And they said, "What the heck is this?" So they look like pineapples. In fact, the Spanish name piña refers right. to pineapple. Right. So that's where the journey started, really. And then it was years of experimentation before I said, oh, what the stuff I'm making here is almost as good as all these uh, lovely samples I used to bring back year on year from the US when I visited. 
because I have family there. And then I said, I should do something more about this. I started Agave India in 2007 with the encouragement of certain investors here. Yes, yes. And, and that's the old boy network coming into play. Am I right? That's with all your <laughs> IIT, fellow IIT. That's, that's when right. they came to your age. It, yeah. it helps to have uh, friends and family, friends who are well-connected, Old Boy Network and others as well who are uh, interested in you know, doing innovative things. And my family was very supportive, knowing that I'm a little bit of a crazy guy who actually <laughs> goes through with whatever crazy ideas I pick up. And the ideas tend to be interesting. So yeah, it took but four years of work to find, start up this Greenfield Distillery in rural Andhra Pradesh, not too far from the Kolar, Chittur border actually. Okay. And it, it involved a lot of work because there were hundreds of permissions, alcohol being one of the most regulated industries. And then the whole process of getting, you know, permissions to start the project mm -hmm. and then build all the stuff and then get clearances for that. And then without paying bribes, which is really a part of my style. So anti-corruption and anti-pollution yes. is uh, these two slogans that I use. Uh -huh. It takes forever, but uh, you come out of it feeling satisfied and you don't have any ill feelings uh, that you know you harbor. So that's 2011 brings us to a point where we are ready to launch uh, products. And in, in Goa, we chose Goa because I had moved to Goa, and Goa is very alcohol friendly that way mm -hmm. in terms of bottling stuff. So we uh, just ship our stuff from Andhra to Goa, bulk ship it okay. here, and then bottle it here, and then we launched here, and then slowly increased the number of markets, the number of products. We moved from agave spirits to orange liqueurs made with the Nagpur orange to Cane spirits made with sugar cane that grows on the Deccan. So we became a field to bottle company. Somewhere along the way, I was looking at what to do with Mahua, which I had encountered many years earlier. And I thought it would be fascinating to bring to the international level in terms of quality and availability. Tell us about it. You're based in Goa. That's the land of Feni. But you always right. seem to go and find um, a liquor <laughs> to make that's not from Goa. Why did you foray into... Why Mahua? Basically? Yeah, yeah, basically. Mahua intrigued me because when I first heard about it and I first tasted it, I was told it was a flower that grows in the jungles of central India and it was a tribal drink. And I did some research on it and found it intriguing but uh, didn't do anything much about it because it was deemed at that time a country spirit. And what I was making was the official Indian-made liquor it's a different tax category, different, a whole different uh, regulatory regime than country spirits. Mm -hmm. So that's one side of it. And uh, I decided to only get to looking at Mahua after I had gotten going with my other planned products and had made a certain name for the brand. So Desmond, up till now, how many variants of uh, Desmond G are there? You know, before you introduce the Mahua, you okay. had your orange liqueur and sipping spirits, 50%, 95%, and so many other <laughs> offerings. How many? Yeah. Well, until, until two years ago, we had eight products under the brand name Desmond G. There were four varieties. Of, I mean, there were agave spirits, cane spirits, orange liqueurs, and alcoholic margarita blends. So a variety of them starting with 100% agave and then two kinds of 51% agave, a couple of margarita types based on the kind of orange liqueurs that we make and use to create these alcoholic margarita blends. Then we had a cane spirit, which we are now only exporting and not selling in India. The last few cases are being sold in Goa as we speak. 
and that added up to about eight products. And now we have added two more in the past two years, which uh, are really the tickets we are going to write. Okay, so I presume you're talking about the Mauva ether, right? Mauva extract. That's yeah? That's right. That's my idea. Mauva, Mauva based products because right. this is something special. This is what we were all, we, everything else we did so far literally leads up to this because what we did was build a brand reputation for high quality and international quality products that we were right. not only selling in our markets in India but also exporting. So we use that, now currently use that reputation to take what was hitherto only a country spirit and have created an international quality uh, spirit out of it in terms of a super fine, super smooth liquid. And then we have shown it's versatile. It is an extraordinarily versatile spirit. We have shown it's versatility by adding just one more product for the time being. We have several more in the, in the pipeline. And this product is a liqueur, which has honey and spices on a mower base. Oh, all right. That sounds really delicious. And uh, is it something that uh, you had thought of doing um, with Fenny or Fenny was always off the radar? You always felt tempted to go and find some, something more from <laughs> other parts of India. Yeah, yeah. So being based in Goa, Fenny was like a backyard thing. I mean, we, I felt that anytime we wanted to make a penny, uh, Desmond G. Penny, we could do it. That, that, I, I like doing the tough things. So I take on the challenges uh, that other people wouldn't want to touch. And I, we will make our version of pennies at some point when we take over somebody's facility for the season. The penny season doesn't last too long. It lasts only two months. That's probably because of the nature of cashew fruit and the fact that they can only be used during season. So yes, penny will show up at some point. Okay. So I'm still curious to know, what is this fascination with the Mauva? I mean, what is it something to do with your very first encounter with that flower? Was it so memorable? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Mauva for me was uh, not exactly love at first sight was uh, more like something to keep in my back pocket at first sight because one of the first uh, example of it that I tasted was pretty poor. It was a poorly made product that I could sense its potential. And I decided that once we had done things that uh, showed our capability, namely done things that are well-known internationally, but done, done them with material and Indian know-how, then we just learned about it. So I I knew that it was generally unknown and not very few people seemed to have heard about it at that time, which was in 2002, uh, some of that, that I would work on this as and when time came. But it was literally a back pocket thing until we started to make a name for ourselves with agave spirits and orange liqueurs and can and all that. At that point, I revived this thought, but I knew it was going to be a long haul since it was deemed the country spirit. And what we were making was international quality IMLs in terms of tax category. A liquor that you're making now, how is it different from the country liquor made by the tribals? Okay, so we have realized long ago that the way to make high quality spirits is to start with a very high level of hygiene. And unfortunately, the tradition of making mawa in the huge variety of regions, tribal regions, almost all of them ignore this thing. So because they are making it for a local, very, very local market, so a few hundred people surrounding the small butti somewhere, and they sell it for a fairly low price. 
with low, basically low quality in every way. So nobody bothers with quality except if you're making it for someone special. We, our, our product first starts with a very high quality of hygienic food grade or alcohol grade flour that is collected hygienically, that is dried, sun-dried hygienically, that's stored hygienically, then transported to us from these central Indian states like Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, and so on, to Andhra hygienically again. And then there we put it through three or four levels of further hygiene, cleaning up stuff and getting the flour down to the point where it doesn't even have dust on it. And then we start fermenting. So that's the first way in which our products differ. That, the, the second way is equally important. It's the tribal people tend to do just a single distillation. So what they get, they just collect everything that they get from the distillation, including what, what distillers in, uh, let's say, advanced, distilling countries and so on would throw away, they can't capture it all. So what they get is going to be an inferior single distill product. Right. We do a minimum of two distillations and we, we know to throw out the heads and the tails and you know figure out what the heart so it's a far superior quality of liquor and that's why you're confident now that uh, you can take it to the international market, right? So tell us more about it. Tell us more about your plans to become like the brand ambassador for Indian liquor uh, in this flower extract based. Uh, what is the term that you used? Field to table or field to bottle. We are now, yeah, we are, we are, yeah. So before I do that, I would like to uh, bring in the person who's really going to work with me okay. to help us do this. He's going to be the, the face of the brand. He's a guy who I involved in this project pretty much from the start. And he knows just about as much as me now uh, on every aspect of the project. He's going to be the face of Maua as we take it to the world. I will be working with him for a while. So it's about time to introduce him. Conrad Braganza is the one who's going to be yeah. leading Agave India in its next journey. And he's going to be making the company go global. Welcome, Conrad. Welcome to Spotlight with Sandhya. And uh, you are somebody... Thank you, Sandhya. Yeah, and you are somebody who started your journey with uh, the company, right? With Agave India. You straight out of college. And now you're going to be given the uh, reins of the company. So how does it feel, Conrad? I mean, it has been a very uh, informative, uh, interesting and educative experience working with the company. I'm not taking on the reins just yet. I'm going to be working very closely with Desmond. And, uh, uh, you know, very, very excited about taking Mahwa to the world because we strongly believe that this is one Indian offering that's absolutely unique, uh, that has a lot of significance in the country, and it's time that the world knows about it. And how do you plan to do it? Because right now we have the challenge of uh, having these... Uh, uh, lockdown and traffic, uh, you know, travel restrictions. And how do you plan to overcome that? And how do you plan to make your brand known? I think it's a very tough road ahead for you guys, right? So how do you plan to deal with these challenges? This is a good time to, to do the, the back-end work to establish uh, the contacts uh, and do all the due diligence. And when uh, logistics opens up a little bit more, uh, we should be ready with, with a proper pitch and, you know, be armed to take this uh, to places with an Indian diaspora to begin with. And we hopefully want to find uh, Mahua bottles on the shelves of every bar in the world in the near future. 
Okay, so and which is going to be your first international market? There are already some plans for that. Yeah, so we are looking uh, at uh, UK being our first international market for very obvious reasons because uh, there is a lot of uh, colonial history, British colonial history in India, and there is a very strong uh, Mahua angle to that as well. So certain uh, acts and laws passed by the British have influenced the way uh, Mahua has been, uh, you know, moving. Uh, it had to go into the into the shadows for some time, and we want to uh, sort of be at the helm of the re-emergence, the re-blossoming of Mahua. That sounds really interesting. I think my I want to bring Desmond back in at this point. Desmond, I know apart from you know mentoring the next gen who will take your company forward, you've also been uh, creating other entrepreneurs. I've been seeing posts about a fabulous liquor being made using Desmond G Spirits. Uh, how did that come to happen and when can we ever get to taste it in different parts of India? Okay, so the, the liquors kind of emerged out of the spirits just because uh, it became clear that there were certain liquors that served the cocktail market that were very expensive. And this first liquor we started off with was a orange liquor. And uh, we would have preferred it if somebody else were making high quality liquors, then we could just focus on making spirits. So as it turned out, there was nobody doing high quality orange liqueurs and we decided to search around to look for a proper orange flavor that we could get from the natural, the skins of uh, orange types in, in India. So you looked at the cool orange and oranges from the Northeast and then that came back to the Nagpur orange. The Nagpur orange, the loose skin Nagpur orange really has the best known and appreciated unique flavor as far as oranges are concerned. It's the kind of stuff that you used to do as kids when you squeeze the little peel into your nose and you get that nice whiff. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are doing actually. And we so we created liqueurs, two kinds, one with orange bitters and added the food grade blue color to it to create what we call Desmondy blue for us all. And then the other was just plain old orange liqueur, which is actually a very high end triple sec of the same strength as the internationally famous Pontro, 40%. So we ended up making all our spirits, all our liqueurs. So the other liqueur that we are making now is based on the Maua spirit. And Maua spirit is extraordinarily versatile. And this is just one of many liqueurs that could be made. But I experimented a lot, Conrad and I worked on this thing uh, to look at what kind of unique sweeteners would work with it and give it a flavor that was uh, very special. And we came up with honey, actually, as uh, honey being, again, another flower-based product, natural product, uh, as being a terrific additive. There is an issue with honey in terms of it's not lasting too long and getting degraded if you keep it under heat and light conditions that are not appropriate. But uh, in a frosted bottle kept in a cool place, it should last a long time. And we've, we've experimented. Okay, so I'm interested in knowing how did you then move into this chocolates, uh, the liquor chocolate? We are not making liquor chocolates by any means. Uh, we are not even licensed to do that, and it's uh, it's something that's a home-based business that uh, youngsters in Goa, some at least one of them that I am aware of, have begun to sort of play around with chocolate and make liquor chocolates at home and have a home-based business. And then part of it is because uh, 
they have no other work. There's no jobs around. It's all something that emerged from the COVID lockdown time. So I had this one youngster who wanted to do this, and I encouraged him to try our Maua liqueur and our orange liqueur as a base to make his liqueur chocolates. And then to use the Maua flour, dry sun-dried Maua flour, to stuff these chocolates with. So you get a Maua liqueur chocolate with a Maua flour embedded in it, which makes him the first guy in the world to make a Maua liqueur slash flour based chocolate and it's right here in my neighborhood wow i'm really looking forward to the time that we are going to be able to taste it and right now i think the goans are making the most of it but i'm sure soon we are going to be able to taste it on that note i want to thank you both desmond and conrad for being on spotlight with sandhya i've enjoyed talking to you so Cheers. thank you guys good luck with your show and everything Cheers to you too. Before we wind up, I want to clarify that this program does not encourage drinking. If you do drink, please do so responsibly. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Spotlight with Sandhya. You can also view the interview as a video on the Raintree Media YouTube channel. And don't forget to check out our blog. I host my podcast on Hubhopper, India's leading podcast creation platform. Check out more on hubhopperstudio.com. You can see the links in the episode description. Until I'm back again, take care and bye-bye.